We are in such, such a great time to be alive. We are going to behold some of the greatest acts of God that our eyes are going to behold. Tonight, I am on a divine assignment. Sweetie, can I please get some water? I'm on a divine assignment. Thank you. I've had this message written on my heart. I didn't, you know, make, conjure this message up and just save it today, but the Lord spoke this message about six months back, seven months back. If you remember on uh, January 1st, the Lord gave me a word to prophesy, and Brian had me release it into the house. Do you guys remember what that was? I actually put it on Family of Fire so we could pray over it. The overwhelming minority. All right, praise God. <laughs> so it's good. It's going to be a nice refresher. And if you'd like, I could give you this word, and I think it would be good if you got it. Uh, write notes. I'm going to... I'm going to read it again and then transition into the word. But we are going to see some of the greatest acts that God has ever, ever done in America in these next coming days. Thank God that he overturned Roe versus Wade. So the word of the Lord came to me, and this is what I released January 1st of this year. It says, the anointing I gave Jehu will arise. The reformers will arise. They will know the prophetic word of the Lord that was spoken over the nation and will come into agreement with it and execute the word of the Lord like Jehu. And they will go into the high places of Baal and execute the legislators of Baal, the priests of Baal, the prophets of Baal, and all those who follow Baal. They will break the stone of Baal with my word, which is like a hammer. And they will resurrect the ancient pillars. They will repair the ancient ruins and rebuild the ruined cities, the desolation of many generations shall be rebuilt. For the cup of iniquity in the house of Ahab and Jezebel is full, and my judgment is on it. Their offspring's blood shall be in the very field they try to steal that will make righteous retribution for the innocent blood that they have shed. The same way I told Jehu through my prophet to gird up his loins, so I say to my bride, Gird up your heart and mind and prepare for the battle. O Sarasota, receive your promise. Receive that which I have prepared for you, for I have given you a mantle to steward in the last hours of this age. For my glory will cover you and my power will gird you up. You shall be like Jehu, riding in a furious speed to throw Jezebel off her high tower. For she will not stand in this city, for I have a people who are prepared for battle. As my throne is built and my name is exalted, 
The weapons are fired from heaven's bow, and the arrow goes through the heart of the king's enemy. Nothing will stop my plans for awakening, for the cries and the prayers of my saints have filled the bowls of heaven in my courts, and I am sending an angel to tip the bowls over in response. For I have a people who are preparing a way, and the highway is established by intercession. The intercession has gone up before my throne as a sweet aroma, and I am pleased. I am sending fire to consecrate and the rain to wash. And my glory will be like a mighty tidal wave that will consume everything in its path. It will drown those who have not prepared to walk on the waves. And the onlookers will be afraid when they, say, when they see those who walk on the wave of my glory. It will cause the fear of the Lord to grip the hearts of many. For I tell you, there are many Ananiases and Sapphires in my church who deceived many into thinking they are spiritual and are not, deceiving many that they lead in love, but really they are robbers of my house that have robbed my people's goods and who have robbed them of their destiny. For my judgment will be fierce and their end will be the same of that of Ananias and Sapphira. I am putting an end to the drive-through attitude in my house who have treated my people like cattle. For I am the shepherd of the sheep and I am judging the wolves and the cowards who tend my sheep. For no longer will my sheep be led to the slaughter in my own house. I say no more, for I am raising up no-name prophets, and the mantle of Elijah will rest upon them. I am raising up true pastors with the heart of David. I am raising up evangelists that will set cities on fire with demonstration. I am raising up true teachers who will feed my sheep, and my sheep will be well-nourished. And I am raising up true apostles who will testify of my resurrection and teachings to the governors, the kings, and the dignitaries. For you will see with your own eye the same testimonies that you read in my word. No more will they say, oh, I wish God would do that now, for I am doing that now. For my power will be clearly seen by many, even by those who do not believe. I am the same as I am in my word. For they say I do not speak or I do not perform miracles, that my fire has passed. For this is a sign of the last days. It's those who once said, no, God does not do that anymore. They will be filled with my spirit and it will confound those that see them that preach cessation. Now they're praying in a heavenly tongue. For the word of the Lord will be fulfilled that my spirit will be poured out on all flesh, says the Lord. So tonight, the word of the Lord is the mantle of Jehu has been given to the church. This is just going to be like a foundational word going into the, the, uh, to the main text. But I want you to write this down. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and it's going to be verses 1 through 12. I'm just going to re uh, read them to build a foundation. It says, Moreover, brethren, 
I do not want you to be unaware that our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now I want you, this is where the foundation begins to build. Now these things became our examples, okay? He's talking about the Old Testament. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also loved, lusted, and do not become idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play, nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents, nor complain as some of them complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now catch this verse. Now all these things happened to them as, as, as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon the ends of the ages have come. So what Paul is saying is the Old Testament was a type and a foreshadow. And as a pattern and as a way that we can look back at the past and not make the same mistakes as our forefathers did. He said those things that happened under the, the days of Moses when they wandered through the, through the desert complaining, they were written for our example. So the Old Testament was written for our example, right? It was a type and a foreshadow of the things that come. It, it lays a warning before us so that we may know the word of the Lord and not make the same mistake that they did, right? So we can agree that we can learn something from stories in the Old Testament. Let me rephrase that. We can learn something from the testimony of the things that happened in Israel for us today. It's called crossing the cultural bridge, right? It's how does that apply to us today? 2 Kings chapter 9. I want you to go there. Chuck Pierce gave a word through Give Him 15 Earlier this year, I think it was right around the beginning of January, and he was talking about prophecies over the nation, and he was talking about what God has even spoken in our individual lives as prophetic words, or even things that were spoken in the secret place, and he was explaining how if we water those things with intercession, what that does, it creates a partnership and a pathway for the kingdom of God to manifest in the earth through the intercession of the saints. What it is, is you're saying what God has revealed to you in the secret place. You're saying what God is saying. So you're declaring heaven's agenda in the earth, which then propels the momentum of God, amen, the momentum of God to execute heaven's rule in the earth. Prime example, 50 years of intercession, 50 years of crying out for the unborn, and God 
heard the prayers of the saints. And he sent an angel into the courts of heaven. And he said, flip the bowl over. It's time to overturn Roe versus Wade. So how is the story of Jehu going to apply to the ecclesia today? When I talk about the mantle of Jehu, I'm talking about the anointing of Jehu. I'm talking about the Spirit of God that fell upon Jehu to be king of Israel. That mantle was a mantle of reformation. That mantle was a mantle of transformation. It caused a cleansing in Israel. The mantle of Jehu has been given to the bride of Christ in America. And the bride of Christ needs to jump with, step into the momentum of God. Friends, we are in a season where we have heaven's ear. God is answering prayers. He says, if you ask anything in my name, that will I do. That the Son may be glorified in the Father. This is the time when we bombard heaven's door, heaven's ear. And we say what God is saying in the earth. And we establish heaven's rule in America. This is a time of reformation and transformation in America. Friend, the window, the door of opportunity has been wide open for the church. It is the ecclesia's time to step into her prophetic Destiny for the United States of America. The anointing of Jehu. Starting in verse 1. And Elisha the prophet. Called one of the sons of the prophets. And said to him, get yourself ready. Take the flask of oil in your hand and go to Ramoth Gilead. Now, when you arrive at that place, look there for Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, and go in and make him rise up from among his associates and take him into the inner room. Then take the flask of oil and pour it on his head and say, thus says the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel. Then open the door and flee and do not delay. The young man, the servant of the prophet, went to Ramoth Gilead. And when he arrived, there were the captains of the army sitting. And he said, I have a message for you, commander. Jehu was a general in Israel's army. He was under the, the command of King Ahab when King Ahab was alive. King Ahab had died in this point of the testimony. And his son, King Joram, was alive. And Jezebel was still alive. And they were king and queen over Israel. So when the prophet comes and anoints Jehu and says, you are king. These next words, when, when Jehu, when we get into the story, and when Jehu cooperates with what God wants to do. I want you to know the price that he was paying to step into his prophetic destiny. Because in reality, what Jehu was doing was committing treason. Friend, revival and awakening is going to take sacrifice. It's going to take guts. It's going to take faith. It's going to take getting stretched. It's going to take, you're going to have, have a little energy. You're going to have to push back 
your flesh, step into the spirit and cooperate with God. Jehu said, for which one of us? And he said, for you, commander. Then he arose and went into the house, and he poured the oil on his head and said to him, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed you king over the people of the Lord, over Israel. You shall strike down the house of Ahab, your master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of my servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab all the males in Israel, both bond and free. So I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah, the dogs shall eat Jezebel on the plot of ground at Jezreel, and there shall be none to bury her. And he opened the door and fled. Then Jehu came out to his servants. Let me came out again. Let me say that again. Then Jehu came out to the servants of his master, and one said to him, Is all well? Why did this madman come to you? And he said to them, you know the man in his Bible. And they said, a lie, tell us now. So he said, thus is what he spoke, saying, thus says the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel. Then each man hastened to take his garment and put it under him at the top of the steps, and they blew trumpets, and they said, Jehu is king. There was a moment in Jehu's life in that moment right there where he had a decision to make. He could have came out to his captains and said he didn't say anything. But instead, he came out and he agreed with the word of the Lord. He said, this is what the prophetic word over my life is. He anointed me as king. And the spirit bore witness because then the spirit of God would fall on somebody. Let alone Jehu probably had oil dripping off his beard and onto his clothes, soaked in the anointing of God. Oh, Rebecca, when the anointing of God comes upon somebody, come on now, when the anointing of God is present, you know it. They made the wise decision. They declared him king. They sounded the alarm. Jehu, he was anointed by Elisha's servant. But in the spirit, Jehu received a double portion of what Elijah had when the servant of the prophet Elijah came and poured the oil on him and then gave him a command, a prophetic decree. He says, I want you to come agree in agreement with my word for Israel and I want you to go to the house of Ahab and wipe everybody out. I also want you to go to Jezebel and throw her off the tower. What the Lord is saying to America right now in this moment, he's saying, I've overturned Roe v. Wade. I've thrown Jezebel off her tower. Is there anybody that is going to be in my bride that is going to step forward in their prophetic destiny and agree with what the Lord is saying in America? He got a double portion of Elijah's anointing on him. The prophetic word came. And it gripped his heart. He didn't waste any time. 
he immediately stepped into his prophetic destiny. This is a, we're at a crossroads moment in America. The time has finally come. We've heard it from pulpits. We've heard it from well-known prophets that this was going to be the moment, the valley of decision for America. The time has come. The time is here. Friend, I don't know if you, don't, if you haven't uh, truly grasped the whole of the severity that our na- the state of our nation is in. But it is up to the ecclesia to stand in her authority, to stand on the wall, to blow the trumpet and say the king is here. While Rover's Wade was overturned through human means, friend, it took the Spirit of God to orchestrate, to weave through America's history, to put the right people in the right places of authority, to put the right judges that would be convicted in their spirit and say, I'm going to stand with life. It's a huge moment for America. And we have to jump on to the prophetic word that's been spoken. This is the time of reformation and awakening in America. This is the time. This is the year. This is the day. This is the time to step forward with God, to partner with God, to hear God. From the windows of heaven is open over the United States of America for the bride to receive a strategic download from heaven to walk forward in her authority. There's going to be increasing giftings and not so you can pad your pocket or to be like an Ananias and Sapphira and look more spiritual. But there's an increase in giftings and anointings because God has chosen to redeem America back to himself. And he is going to use the people of this nation to tear down every demonic stronghold, every demonic altar. And he started with the biggest one. Glory to God. 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 Jehu immediately steps into his prophetic destiny and he goes and confronts King Joram. And it just so happens to be that King Ahaziah, those Jewish names are hard to say, y'all. We'll call him King A. King A, this is in 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 10, uh, chapter 9 and chapter 10. You guys can go read it. So when I say King A, y'all know. Amen? Amen. Can I, do I have a grace to do that? Thank you, because I'm tongue-tied. But just so happens that the king of Judah, which was a wicked king, and the king of Israel was in the same place at the same time. Two birds with one stone. It was prophetically set up. They were fighting in Syria I feel the Holy Ghost. They were fighting in Syria. God sent the man of God, the newly anointed king, to confront the wicked leadership of that time. Joram sends his servants out, but none of his servants come back. So then Joram and King A, they come out to meet Jehu. And they said, is there peace, Jehu? 
And I love Jehu's response. Jehu's response is like, how can there be peace when your mother Jezebel is in the land full of her harlotries and her witchcraft? Friend, how can America have peace in the streets if we still have Jezebel in the streets with her whoredoms and her witchcraft? He confronts these wicked leaders. He confronts these illegitimate leaders. They say, it's treason, Ahaz, King A. It's treason, it's treason, run. And as soon as Joram goes to leave, Jehu readies his bow. And the, and the word of the Lord says that the arrow went right through Joram's heart. King A tries to leave and they chase him down and slay him too. Why is that so significant? Because Jehu knew the prophetic word of the Lord over Ahab's house. When Elijah declared the judgment of God onto King Ahab and Jezebel, Ahab actually repented. And God said to Ahab, look, well, he said to Elijah, look how Ahab has repented. Because he has repented, I'm going to have this judgment pass from him and come unto his son. So Joram is next in line. And this is what the word of the Lord says. Then Joram turned and fled and said to Ahaziah, treachery Ahaziah. Now Jehu drew his bow and the full strength, at full strength and shot Joram between his arms and the arrow came out of his heart. Verse 25. Then Jehu said to Bidgar, his captain, pick him up and throw him into the track of the field of Naboth the Jezreelite. For remember when you and I were riding together behind Ahab his father, and the Lord laid this burden upon him? Surely I saw yesterday, this is the Lord speaking, surely I saw yesterday the blood of Naboth and the blood of his son, says the Lord, and I will repay you in this plot, says the Lord. Now therefore, take and throw him on the plot of ground according to the word of the Lord. Jehu knew the word of the Lord that was spoken by Elijah. He stepped into it. He agreed with the prophetic destiny over Israel. He agreed with the prophetic destiny that was over his life. He steps into it, and he kills Joram and lays him in the field of Naboth. Now, Naboth was the reason why Jezebel and Ahab had the judgment of God upon their lives. He was an innocent man that they put to death. They set him up by conspiracy. He was an innocent man that was put to death so they could steal his vineyard. Do you see where we're going tonight? I'm laying a lot of ground, but man, turn your prophetic ears on for this. The final straw for Ahab and Jezebel was they stole the vineyard. They stole an innocent man's vineyard which therefore caused the judgment of God to come upon their lives. In 2020, when the spirit of Jezebel tried to steal the vineyard of America, what it did is it activated the judgment of God on that spirit. And now, in 2022, the judgment of God, the judgments of God, has been handed to the ecclesia to declare in the heavenly places the judgment on Jezebel.
you guys catching this? Is this good? Tonight, I'm telling you, we're turning a page in this nation, in this region. We're turning a page. We're turning a page. The glory is going to increase. The presence of God is going to increase. The revelation of his word, when you're reading it, drinking coffee by yourself in the morning, is going to increase. Restoration in marriages are going to increase. Wayward sons and daughters are going to come back home. We're going to see the lame walk again. We're going to see the criminally insane totally delivered. has to because it's the prophetic word over this nation. Jehu fulfills the prophetic word that Elijah spoke in 1 Kings 21 verses 19 and 28, but he doesn't stop there. He continues to cleanse the nation. He executes Joram and he executes Ahaziah. And then he sets his sights on Jezebel. Friends, this is where we are at in the story. Are you crossing that bridge? Are you stepping into your prophetic destiny? Are you stepping into the prophetic season that God has ordained for America at this moment, at this time? You were created for such a time as this. I'm solely convinced. Let me just tell you where I'm at in life. I am so convinced that I have been preordained, pre-made, whatever you want to call it. I'm so convinced that I am alive for this moment right here. That I was born in the United States for this moment right here. I'm not trying to make myself look more spiritual or to make myself look more anointed or whatever. I'm just a slice of the big pie. But I am so fully persuaded that my God has created me and set me in this nation for such a time as this. I believe we are going to see the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost and fire. I'm fully persuaded and I'm fully given over to it. I'm fully given over to it. If God can sear a conscience for unrighteousness, surely he can sear my conscience for righteousness. I am fully persuaded for such a time as this. Jehu sets his lies on Jezebel and he confronts her. And we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 30. Now when Jehu had come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she put paint on her eyes and adorned her head and looked through the window. I want to pause. I'm going to camp a little bit right here. Jezebel knew her time was up. Jezebel knew she couldn't use passive aggressiveness to control Jehu. Jezebel knew that Jehu's anointing was so strong that she couldn't overforce him or over, over, uh, have more strength in him to force him either. He, she knew that Jehu was fearless. He was a commander. He was a general. She knew her time was up. So what did she try to do? She tried to make herself look pretty. Jezebel is a seducing spirit. 
when she can't throw temper tantrums to get her way, when she can't manipulate or try to control you by force, Jezebel will try to seduce you. Jezebel will paint a picture that sin is not as bad as what it may lead. Jezebel put on her makeup. She painted her eyes. She put some paint on the barn. That's good because it's going to get heavy. She tried to look good for Jehu. What she couldn't control and force, she was going to try to seduce. That's what this spirit has done in America for the past 50 years. Why do you hear about Jezebel? Listen, first off, Jezebel, the Jezebel spirit cannot be in every place at every once, okay? But I believe that Jezebel is a principality that controls other spirits under it. But that's another thing for another day. But long story short, that spirit has been connected to America through the sacrifice of the unborn kids. Abortion in America is a modern-day version of the worship of Baal. I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but just in case you didn't know, Jezebel was connected to child sacrifice. The abortion in, in the United States the past 50 years, 96% of abortions were falling on the altar of convenience. Jezebel knows her time is up in America. Jezebel knows her time is short in America. And now it's on the ecclesia to be clothed with the anointing of Jehu, which is the spirit of the living God, which is the Holy Ghost that is fallen, that has been given to the bride. It is time for us to rise up in our authority and our prophetic destiny in 2022 for the United States of America. And then Jehu entered the gate and, and she said, Is it peace, Zemri, murderer of your master? And he looked up at the window and said, Who is on my side? So two or three eunuchs looked out at him. And, and then he said, throw her down. So they threw her down. The eunuchs. What is a eunuch? A eunuch was a man that was separated to the king. He was a man that did not have sexual intercourse with a woman. was not married. He was a man that was separated unto the king. Who threw Jezebel off the high tower in America? It was the intercessors. It was the ones that were separated to the king. It was the eunuchs of the bride who cried day and night and night and day over 60 plus million babies, 60 million prophetic destinies. There was intercessors that were crying day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day. And then God speaks the prophetic word in the United States of America and the people grabbed hold of it. And the eunuchs grabbed Jezebel and threw her off the wall. This is where we are at. They threw her off the wall and the blood splattered on the wall and on the horses. And he trampled, trampled her underfoot. And when he had gone in, he ate and drank. 
And then he said, go now and see that this accursed woman and bury her. For she was a king's daughter. So then they went to bury her and they found her no more. Now this is radical. They only found her skull, the feet, and the palms of her hands. I know this is bloody. This is messy. But reformation is going to be messy. Believe it or not, reformation is going to be bloody. Except for it's not going to be the blood of flesh. It's going to be the blood of Jesus that covers an entire nation. That causes the sons and daughters of God to rise up. So they went out to bury her, and they found all these body parts. We're in verse 36. Therefore they came back and told him, and he said, this is the word of the Lord. There it is again. Which he spoke by his servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, on the plot of ground at Jezreel, dogs shall eat the flesh of Jezebel, and the corpse of Jezebel shall be a refuge, which is like a toilet, on the surface of the field in the plot of Jezreel, so that they shall... Not say, here lies Jezebel. He said, I'm going to make her name like a toilet in the street. That's strong. That is very strong. Are you, are you with me on this? You guys are hearing this, right? Don't let your mind go somewhere else right now. We're going somewhere. I want you to think about this in the spirit now. This actually happened in the history of of Israel, and God's not raising up kings and prophets to go and throw women off walls and trample her with a horse, okay? I'm not saying that, but by the Spirit of God, when the ecclesia rises up in intercession and declares the manifold wisdom of God in the heavenly realms, what that therefore does is it throws the demonic altars down to the ground, and then heaven's stampede through the prayers of the saints, tramples them. Jehu's flying high in chapter 10, verse 10. He makes this statement on his way to wipe out the rest of King Ahab's family. He says this, Know now and that nothing shall fall to the earth of the word of the Lord, which the Lord spoke. Concerning the house of Ahab. For the Lord has done what he has spoken by his servant Elijah. Jehu was fully persuaded. Jehu was in the momentum of God. Jehu was riding in the spirit. He was riding on the winds of the spirit. He was fully convinced. He was fully given over to heaven's agenda. And he said, surely nothing will fail what God has spoken Concerning this house, that's where we need to get to. That's where we need to get to in 2022. We need to be in tuned. Mark has said this so many times in prayer. We need to be in tune with true prophets and apostles that are really saying and speaking the word of the Lord in this time. It is important who you are getting fed by. Thank God that in this house, you're getting fed the true undulterated word of the Lord. Amen. Glory and fire. You have to get to this. You have to get to this point that I am going to make up my mind. Friend, we have some very turbulent days ahead of us as well. 
We're not going to bring America into some utopia, okay? Yes, there's going to be revival and outpouring and total transformation in cities, but there's also going to be deep darkness. There's also going to be great wickedness because as God raises up his spirit as a witness to the people in America, there are going to be people that reject his mercy. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, right? Praise God. But the verse after that says, but because you despise his goodness, you're storing up wrath in the day of judgment. That's the word of the Lord. There is going to be great revival and outpouring. This is where we're at. Jezebel has been thrown off her wall. Jezebel is laying on the ground, and she is bleeding. We're talking about her spirit here, okay? We're not talking about the actual spirit of Jezebel. We're talking about the principality that mimics Jezebel in Scripture that has been wreaking havoc in this nation. You guys with me, right? Jezebel has been thrown off her wall. And now it is up to the church to get on heaven's horses, on the heaven's war horses, and to trample her and to finish the job. Jehu is fully persuaded in this moment of his life. And he continues to walk in the word of the Lord that was spoken through Elijah. And then he goes to the whole house of Ahab. And they slay the whole house of Ahab. And then he goes to Judah. And he slays 42 brothers of King Ahaziah. Which actually in turns causes a reformation in Judah because they anoint King Joash, which is a seven-year-old boy at the time. They anoint him. He, he girds up for, out of the mouth of a babe. He rises up, and he starts to exterminate the Baal worship out of Judah. Man, come on. I really hope you're hearing this. Jehu wasn't done there. In chapter 10, in verse 26, leading up to that, Jehu gets all the worshipers of Baal in Israel. All the prophets of Baal in Israel. All the priests of Baal in Israel. And he deceives them. He said, Ahab served Baal a little, but Jehu is going to serve him a lot. But he set up. A divine confrontation that would ultimately lead the entire nation of Israel out of child sacrifice. He gets all the worshipers of Baal, all the prophets of Baal, all the priests of Baal, and he puts them in one building. And the Bible says that the building was packed from one end to the other. Yet while the whole building was being packed, getting ready for this demonic worship, Jehu had men outside that temple ready to go in and cleanse it. And that's exactly what happened. He says, and they brought the sacred pillars. After they cleanse, after they go in, they kill all the prophets of Baal, all the priests of Baal, and all the people that followed Baal. That was enough. He said, and then they brought the sacred pillars out of the temple of Baal and burned them. 
Then they broke down the sacred pillar of Baal and tore down the temple of Baal and made it a refuge dump to this day. They made it a toilet in Israel. This is where we got to get to. This is where we have to get to. We need to agree with the prophetic word of the Lord. Keep marching forward until abortion is totally eradicated out of the United States of America. We talk about the Jezebel spirit so much. But in reality, the Jezebel spirit only leads to the worship of Baal. That is the big dog, so they say. But there is none. I say there is none that can stand to the power of the resurrected Christ. And Jesus has given the anointing of Jehu to his bride. So how does this apply today? When we agree with the word of the Lord, faith is also action. He got rid of all the people that followed Baal, all the priests, all the legislators that were in King Ahab. He, he did a total cleansing of the administration. A total cleansing. The Lord cleansed the entire administration. He rooted out every wicked administrator, every wicked legislator, every wicked king and queen, every wicked children that was joined to them. He rooted and cleansed it all out. And he says, Jehu destroyed Baal from Israel. And I will declare to you tonight that if the ecclesia grabs a hold of the sure word of the Lord, that the anointing of Jehu will destroy Baal out of America. I believe this is where we are at. I believe this with my whole heart. This is a pattern that is given to the church for us to cooperate with the Spirit of God. Now, how do we cooperate with the Spirit of God? It's through intercessory, intercessor, intercess, Lord help me, inter, intercession, there it is. Intercession and prayer, right? Now, don't nobody go out here and try to assassinate anybody crazy. That is not what Shane is saying. What Shane is saying, though, is assassinate the spirits that are in the, in the heavens. That's what Shane is saying. Shane is saying, speak the word of the Lord and send it out in the spirit that it's like an arrow that goes through the heart of the king's enemy. God is going to raise up righteous legislators in this nation. That's going to make godly laws. God is even going to save some of those demonic-filled politicians that are in seats of authority and now. And friend, don't get offended when they do. The Holy Spirit whispered such, such a profound statement to me a week after I received this word. And this is what he whispered to me. He said, when the mantle of Jehu is fully manifested without the idols, then the foundation of the mantle of Elijah will be fully manifested. I'm going to say that again. When the mantle of Jehu is fully uh, manifested without the idols, 
then the mantle of Elijah will fully manifest. There's a warning that comes with the mantle of Jehu. Out of all the great things that Jehu did, I mean, he eradicated. This is what the word of God says about his, about his life, that he destroyed Baal from Israel. Out of all the great things that he did, the word says this. However, I, for some reason, that word, when I read it in scripture, I get the fear of the Lord that grips my heart. He says, however, Jehu did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin. That is, from the golden calves that were at Bethel and Dan. And the Lord said to Jehu, because you have done well in my sight and done what is right concerning my word of, over Ahab and all that was in my heart over Ahab, the son, your sons shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord his God of Israel with all his heart. For he did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam that made Israel sin. He didn't depart from the idols. It's quiet now. I don't see anybody in the pride setting up little wooden poles and worshiping it. But I have seen many in the bride worship song leaders, worship speakers, worship denominations, worship tradition, worship past move of God's all oh, the glory days. Friend, we're going on to glory. We're moving up. What I see in the, in the spirit, the golden calf of today after Roe versus Wade was overturned, is returning back to normal. Returning back to what was. Going back to normal. For me, that's, I'm past that. I know too much. Too much has been revealed in this nation for Shane Tenney to go back to normal. Friend, there is no normal. There's only the supernatural for Shane. And I pray you're catching this. Because in the spirit, what this is doing, I am going after Jezebel's throat. I am tired of that principality in this nation. And I am calling heaven's war horses. Ephesians chapter 3 says that it is the church's assignment to declare the manifold wisdom of God to the principalities and the powers and the heavenly places. It's not to have great services. It's not to have, you know, goosebumps and thrills and chills and like Debbie said Tuesday, vibrations. The church's assignment in 2022 is to knock off every demonic altar. It's to raise the dead. It's to heal the sick. It's to preach the grace of God. The Lord sends people to cleanse the nation, but the Lord himself cleanses his bride. 
The Lord will anoint, have his spirit rest upon somebody for an assignment in government. Look at Donald Trump. Regardless of his past, regardless of what he said, God used him to put three judges on the Supreme Court that ultimately overturned Roe versus Wade. The spirit of Jehu was upon him. The Lord will anoint somebody. He will anoint multiple people. He will anoint churches in regions to cleanse the region, to cleanse the land. But the Lord himself, hear me, the Lord himself is the one who enters the house of God and flips over tables. It is the Lord himself who makes a cord of a whip and whips out the money changers, those Ananias and the Sapphiras that are in his church. It is the Lord himself. And it is the Lord himself that says the wonderful things, that heals the sick, that causes the lame to rise up. I believe we're going to see Ananias and sapphires removed from pulpits, boards, stages. We are in a cleansing in this nation. We are in a moment that Joshua was in. When the angel of the Lord appeared, he said, whose side are you on? And the angel of the Lord said, I'm not on either side. Are you on my side? That's where we have to agree with the word of the Lord. We have to reckon in our heart, whose side are we on? Are we on our own side? Are we going to make our own agendas? Are we going to try to do revival without the spirit of God? Are we going to cooperate with the power of the most high and enter into a region where it totally transforms and totally shifts? Can I tell you what I'm believing for? I'm believing that in five points, we're going to see an Acts 19 experience. I believe that. I believe that we're building a throne, an altar of God, where the fire of God can rest. When it can deliver young people out of their confusion. Where it can deliver young people out of pornography. That it can deliver young people and old from drug addiction. Every generation. God is worried about the generations. I'm not being too rough, am I? The golden calf right now is laziness, weariness, trying to give in to hopelessness, and returning to what has always been. Father is doing a new thing. He is doing a new thing in the earth. Don't be offended when it manifests. And it's not like what you pictured. That was the problem with the Pharisees and the Sadducees when Jesus came to the scene. They thought he was going to enter the east gate riding on a white horse. and Instead, he came riding on a donkey. They were offended. They were mad because it wasn't what they pictured. They thought they were 
he was going to liberate Israel from the Roman government. But instead, he liberated the people from death and sin and the enemy. And they were so blinded by their religion. They were so blinded by the picture that they had painted for their country that they missed it. They were offended. They were jealous. They said, God, why can't you do it like this instead? May we never get that way. He's going to remove Ananias and Sapphira out of his bride. He's going to remove people that's going to try to use their finances for a place and a position. He's going to remove those who say they're so spiritual. Listen, friend, I'm going to tell you, if you're cold to the Lord and you're trying to put on a face, just stop. Just stop. Come into humility. Repent. Go to a brother. Confess your sins. Don't try to put on a show. Because, friend, God is judging that in these last days. We all have bad days. We all don't have it together. We need one another. We need the grace of God that teaches us to deny ungodliness. And we need one another to help us through this walk. But when you give in to bitterness and jealousy, and when you try to put on a face, what happens is, is you move outside the realms of faith. And anything that is not of faith is sin. Ananias and Sapphira, what they do? They sold their house. They didn't even have to. They sold their land. They came into the, the assembly to the apostles and laid it before their feet. And they said, look how holy we are. Look how much sacrifice we give. They tried to paint that they were more spiritual. They tried to use their finances to appease the apostles. But friend, one thing's for sure, you can't dupe the Holy Ghost. And that's what Peter said. You don't lie to men, but you lie to the Spirit of God. And Ananias dropped dead. That's under grace. I just made a lot of grace teachers mad. That was under grace. He removed the snake out of the garden before it could defile the rest of the family. You guys catching this? If you've listened to prophets in these last days, we need to remove the snakes out of our garden. We need to remove the, fight, the false ideologies that we've had of what this revival and outpouring is going to look like and just cooperate with the Spirit of God. And whatever it looks like, that's what it looks like. This is a time to press in. Ephesians 6.12 says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts and wickedness in heavenly places. That's where our battle truly lies. That, that is how we turn America back to God. That in the spirit. When we are in the spirit, when we understand our divine assignment, when we understand that our battle is not against flesh and blood. When we understand that in the spirit, we tear down strongholds when we pray. When we're in the spirit and we declare what God is saying in the earth, that is how we bring America back to God. 
Because what that does is that affects the natural. When we start praying salvation over a person's life and they get saved and then that person's in government, when we see a, a call in someone's life and we're interceding and we're praying and we're watering we're watering that prophetic word we're watering that prophetic word with intercession and then God manifests that mantle in that person's life to stand in the school boards it's cooperating with the spirit of God through what the spirit of God is saying through the church Matthew chapter 11 verse 12 in the Amplified says this, and from the days of John, and from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault, and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize, a share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most adorant, that means most passionate, zeal, and intense exertion. Right now is not the time to put on our security blanket. And rock back and forth and say, yeah, God, thank God he's turned, you know, flipped Roe versus Wade. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. But let me tell you what I've seen in 2016. I've seen a bride rise up in her authority and pray and pray and pray. And we were delivered from the legislation of Jezebel. It was put on for, put off for a moment. Donald Trump got in the White House and he was a wrecking ball. He still is. And I believe we're going to see him sooner than later. I believe that we are going to see an avalanche of righteous turnaround in this nation. I believe God is going to expose Jezebel and Ahab's plan to steal the vineyard. And it will be brought to righteous judgment. We've seen in 2016, Donald Trump gets elected. And it's like the bride puts on her security blanket and goes to sleep. 2018, what happens? Because this is when God really began to deal with me about abortion. 2018, they lose the house. We're at a dead stalemate. Trump goes through two impeachments, bogus impeachments. I'll say it. I don't care. I don't care. I know someone might be thinking, why, is he, why, why does this church always get political? How does, how does, how does government and, and Jesus, how, how, does that, how does that, you know, go together? God, it was never God's plan to separate church and state. It was never God's plan. From the foundation of civilization, when God began to decree his law... It was always to be governed in the confinement of God's rule. Where do you think we get do not steal, do not kill? Come on, right? That's when God began to really deal with me about abortion and how it was going to be overturned. And this is my warning for the bride. Roe versus Wade was overturned. Praise God. 
Let's move forward. There's still work to be done. Friend, there are still children of Jezebel in the earth and in this nation. There is still a fight over the legislation part in each state of abortion. We have to be like Jehu and totally destroy it from our nation. In the Passion Translation, Matthew eleven twelve says this, For the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth, and passion, passionate people have taken hold of it. Rubber Jehu, look at my zeal for the Lord. Look at my jealousy that I have for the word of my God. Look at the jealousy that is within me to push heaven's agenda in the earth. And that is where the ecclesia has to remain. We're there now. We are in the momentum of God. We are pushing forward. We're still declaring. We're still decreeing. But we cannot give up. We cannot slow down. We cannot turn to the idols of what used to be. We have to go forward and follow God with our own heart, our whole heart. Luke 16, 16 says this, the law and the prophets were until now. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. This is the time to press into the momentum of God. This is the time to press forward in the momentum of God. Friend, I know you're tired. I know you're weary. I know we've been fighting since 2020, since the pandemic hit. We have been pushing forward. But friend, there are blue skies on the other side of that mountain. Let me tell you what the Lord has shown me. If his ecclesia can agree with his word. Revival and awakening is our inheritance. Sarasota will receive awakening. Say it with me. Sarasota will receive. Glory to God. Glory to God. In 2022, Jesus is concerned with nations. He's concerned with the nations. Because that was the original intent of the church. It was the original design. Design. He said in Matthew 28, verse 18. He said, go make disciples of all nations. The church is called to make disciples of all nations. The stage is being set. Governments in different nations are being rattled. We are seeing things that we have never seen Never dreamt would imagine happening so fast. The prophetic time clock has received a press forward on the fast forward button. And what we have to do, we have to agree with the word of God. Man, I hope you, I've said that like a hundred times. Because thank you, praise God, finally, hallelujah. You have to agree with the prophetic word of God. Because that's what's going to shift the nation. Revelation chapter 2. And this is where I'm going to land.
I'm going to start from first. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to start in verse 24. Chapter 2, verse 24. I'll catch you up. This was the church that tolerated Jezebel. That tolerated the sexual immorality of Jezebel. That tolerated the idolatry of Jezebel. And this was the Lord's rebuke, but then this was also the Lord's promise to that church. The Lord says he was going to put Jezebel in her sickbed. We've seen that with Roe versus Wade. I'm making the connection. You see how the anointing of Jehu is coming in these last days? He says, I'm putting Jezebel in her sickbed. He says, I'm going to kill her children. That's what Jesus said. He says in verse 24, he gives this promise to the church. He says, now to you I say and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have the doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden, but hold fast to what you have until I come. And he who overcomes, and I want you to catch this, and keeps my works. Didn't say keep his word. He said keeps his works until the end. To him I will give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And they shall be dashed to pieces like a potter's vessel. As I have also received from my father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the church. So he who keeps my work, obviously you can't keep his works unless you keep his word. But those who are about their father's business, till the end, till the end, the anointing of Jehu not only carries a reformation and a transformation of a nation, but it also carries a finishing anointing. To where it puts the touch of God and seals a region for righteousness. Friend, let God place his mark on your forehead. And I believe that's what we're going to see in these last days. I believe we are going to see the divine justice of God. And the judgment of God is his mercy. Tonight, I always have anticipation on what God's going to do. For me, every night, I'm like, this is going to be the night of revival and outpouring. I just know it. I just know it. And friend, let me tell you, I'm not disappointed because it's been building each night. Each night. I'm not offended that it doesn't look the way I think it would look. But I want to tell you, tonight is a night specifically designed for the bride of Christ sitting in this room, of turning the page, of getting refreshed, being empowered by the anointing of Jehu, right? It's the anointing of God. When I say the anointing of Jehu, I'm talking about the power of God coming upon you so that you can influence your sphere of society. That's what it's all about. The anointing of Jehu shifts the society back to righteousness. 
So after I hand this to Mark, we're going to take the offering. And then he's going to call you down. I don't know what this is going to look like. But I feel the spirit of God burning in my heart right now. This is truly a night of activation and impartation. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, this is the night to get blasted. If you're weary, just being honest, like I am, this is the night that you get refreshed. If you've had a fog, I feel like this is somebody. If you've had a fog, you just can't see the forest through the trees. Tonight is the night that God turns the light on and you receive clarity. This isn't just going to be, we're just going to come down here and stand in the altar and sing a really anointed song, which we are, but this is not what it's all about. Friend, this is about... Victory turning the page and going to the next level of glory and fire. This is what this is all about. This is about going to the next level. Friend, you need to go to the next level. Right? I heard it said one time, God doesn't want you just to go up. He wants you to grow up. That's mature. So as I hand this off, I want you to prepare your hearts to come down here. And we have a prayer team that's going to just go out and impart the fire of God over you. And I just want you to come with a heart ready to receive. Whatever it looks like. Whatever that may look like. If you're coming down for refreshing. If you're coming down for deliverance. I'm telling you, there's power in the touch. If you're coming down for healing. Prepare your heart to meet the living God. This is going to be an encounter zone. I'm declaring that right now. That this is the threshing floor of the Lord. And as you walk down here, whatever need that needs to be met, it's going to be met by the one who can only do it, and that's Jesus. That's why we're here. Jesus is the one that gives the anointing of Jehu. Jesus is the one that baptizes you in the Holy Ghost. That's what John says. He says, there's one that comes mightier than I, whose sandal I am not worthy to unloose. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So, Father, I've said what I've heard you say and I've done what I've seen you do and now I ask in the mighty name of Jesus whatever need whatever need whatever need we ask God that you would do it God, I ask that you would baptize people afresh. God, I pray that you would heal their bodies.
God, I ask that you would deliver their soul from torment. God, I ask that you would give them an encounter. God, that July 9th would be a night that you set your mark on their forehead and gripped their heart and seared their conscience for righteousness. I activate the gifts of God and the mantle of Jehu in this house. And God, we declare and commit ourselves to trample Jezebel under heaven's stampede and destroy Baal from this nation in Jesus' name. 